0: Friends who listen to Future Primitive, I'm especially excited and peaceful at the same time to be on the phone with Pancho Ramos Steerly. He has a passion for astrobiology that brought him to the University of California at Berkeley, where he pursued a PhD in astrophysics. But when the U.S. government and the laboratories of the university announced they were developing safe nuclear weapons, he decided to stop cooperating with the institution. Now, as a responsible scientist, he says he is doing his Ph.D. in citizenship of the world. Pancho believes that when the inner revolution evolution merges with the outer revolution, evolution, the total revolution of the human spirit is imminent. I will not uh, read more except that Pancho has been an integral part of movements to democratize the University of California system, protect old growth trees, implement free farms, and move beyond youth violence so Pancho uh, you were saying that today is a beautiful day for working with the earth and I uh, suppose you live on a farm
1: uh, well, uh, good morning uh, Sister thank you so much for uh, opening the, the space for this conversation and I uh, live in East Oakland, in a neighborhood that is called Fruitvale, there's so much history and if you walk around, you can see avocado trees and peach trees and orange trees and lemon trees and all sort of, of trees around here and the, the tragedy is that um, many people don't recognize that the bounty of this and not only that, we, we are immersed in this uh, liquor store forest. There's like plenty of liquor stores r- right here, but very few like uh, healthy natural stores or, or none at all. So what we say is that this is not uh, a food desert, but rather it is a food apartheid because it's very well defined. So what we're doing is just partnership, uh, doing a partnership with Mother Nature that has been doing this for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and all the other beings that they know how rich is this soil. And so we're trying to bring back all these healthy and local food and make an offering not only to East Oakland and to the Bay Area but, or, or to Turtle Island and Aviayala, but rather just to the whole earth community, especially now in these times of climate change. So... Um, As I was saying, because today is a beautiful sunny day here in California. Apparently, there's two kinds of weather: just a sunny day or rain. That's it. Right. Today is a sunny day.
0: Beautiful. So, um, Pancho, talk to us from your heart about your connection with the earth.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I think. all starts right in the in the womb of our mothers. Right? I said that that the revolution is started in the womb of our mothers, and and at a very subtle level, we all know that we come all from from the same source. And all those uh, nine months, most of us that stay in in that place in our mothers making all sorts of sacrifices and giving us all that love since we first were conceived is something that is and in, ingrained in our in our being and somehow that language it's also extended to to mother nature or maybe the other way around so when we are surrounded by by trees in the forest, when we're walking in the woods, or when we are listening to the never ending waves in the ocean, or we're listening to each drop of water when when it's raining, or when we just look at the starry night and and stare at the Milky Way and, and listen to the silent discourses that the stars are giving every single moment um, there's a sense of awe and wonder of the of the universe that really takes us to experience the mysterious and and it's humbling i say it's humbling and i have um the fortunate to to have a a mother that was very clear about that it is way more important to have emotional intelligence than to be clever, that it is more important to be kind than to be clever. And, and also I had the fortune to have a, a dad that was uh, always promoting the critical, critical thinking. So I have these two, the critical thinking and the critical feeling. Mm-hmm. And so, for my dad, just looking at the at the sky and always talking about the stars and the galaxies, that put my my existence into perspective and so if I could start imagining that our home, this beautiful pearl, um this pale blue pearl um that we call earth is a very special tiny spot like a speck of dust in the universe but it's a very special place because there's where everything has happened in the history of of humanity and and so just to to think about that little blue dot was flying in space is always humbles me and then when you are embedded in all these um, forces nature is is that languageless uh, language less m- or like wordless, like without words, messages, it's is, is, is in, in, in our DNA. So it's very important that even today when we are surrounded by so much technology and fast pace, we, we need to slow down and, and connect to, to the earth, to the soil, so that we can connect with our soul into society.
0: beautiful. Beautiful. So that takes me to want to talk with you about language i um I love the way you use language, and I'd like to hear about how your experience has led you to craft language in the way that you do.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, I love, right, how um, we by default think that language is only words and uh, I'm learning that, you know, just that pause, that silence, that is already communicating something. So we can always go beyond traditional uh, conventions that we have about language with words and so language can be learning how to... To make eye contact, like gently um, eye contact or how to make pauses between words or, or pauses between conversation. And in a, in a pollution violence based economy and, and system, um, I believe that kindness is the most powerful um, weapon. So that comes also from listening and so when you, you deeply listen, it's an act of love in the same way that when we are talking and being mindful about the words that we use, that's also an, an act of love. And um, I'm happy to, to notice that there's more and more people that are participating in, in this creation of a new language because new paradigms require new languages. Mm-hmm. So when I hear people using like crazy phrases that convey a, a very clear uh, message or idea that we've been hearing for decades, and then I just turn it upside down and put the touch of, of love that is this, this movement. And for example, that now for many years I've been saying that um, we can feed two birds with one seed Right, instead of just instead of killing them, why do you want to yeah, kill birds? Or there's more ways to, you know, to 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 skin a cat. And I was like, whoa, why are we using it? And I noticed that coming here because those were the phrases that were introduced. And, and mm-hmm. sometimes in different cultures that doesn't match it. So it's like, oh, well, that's crazy. So maybe there's two, there's more than two ways to, you know, to pet a cat. <laughs> yeah. there's more. You know, we can feed. Um, Three birds with one seed, and, and why not? Um, so I think language is very, very important uh, because we can we can become it. Like if there's a way that we can embody what we say that will be great. And because we can do things, and uh, and you can fool people, you can think make people think that you're doing something, but then um, you you can say. Things and you can do things at the same time, and still you can fool people, but you cannot fool yourself because you cannot fool your thoughts. So, when we are speaking, hopefully, our thoughts, words, and actions are one. And so, that's what for me happiness is all by with all those three things are aligned, and, and then we don't need to speak. English or we don't need to speak Spanish because we all speak the language of the heart Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would like to ask you to uh, speak to us about kindness from the point of view of your mother, emotional intelligence and from the point of view of your father, critical thinking
1: Great story, and um, and, it, and it's beautiful because I think that I am the embodiment. I'm a um, kind of um, uh, an evidence, a living evidence of uh, of the love between two people. You know, as many of us. And but all the family from the side of my dad, all they were from the part of the planet we call Mexico, and all um, uh, the the father of my mom, my grandpa. He was uh, born in the part of the planet we call Germany, so therefore my last name is Ramos Stierle. Stierle, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, is my life has been of like these combinations, you know, here and there, and then in the same way. Uh, I was lucky enough to to have developed the capability to memorize things and to crunch numbers, and um, I was one of those give that, you know, have no issues with exams or things like that because, you know, you can make money to do that. So I have the op- opportunity to memorize things and regurgitate whatever the teacher was saying and that is considered to be, you know, uh, a plus in this society. So I came with my A-pluses uh, when I was in, in school and showed it to my mom, very, very proud of my A-pluses. And then she just looked at, at me and and, and she's like, For me, you failed. You have an F minus because you keep teasing your sister. You keep teasing your classmates. So get out of here. And in the moment that you are a decent human being, that you take into consideration the feelings and emotions of other people, in that moment you're going to be having A pluses. But for me right now you have F minus, so get out of here. And I was pretty cocky at that. Point and I said, yeah, whatever, mom. You know, I just get doing that, and it, and it lasts for a while. At like many years, many years. It was just recently, maybe a decade or so ago, that I just started realizing how much was um, the teachings that of her, uh, and how powerful were were those because that has brought a lot of balance into my life. And on the other hand, too, my my dad has been a, a great humanist in many of the. Teachings and guidelines of of my life. Always, are talking about social justice and bringing Gandhi to the to the table. Even though you know he considers as uh, what one people might say is, is an atheist. And on the other side, my mom I'm coming from a a Catholic family, so always you have you know the spiritual part and then the scientific, more rational part. And then I start putting the two things together. So from my from my dad's side, uh, it was this fierce kind of courage and and critical thinking, uh, and then from my mom was this um, strength. I, you know, she uh, was taking care of her ha- her family, eight members, when she was. Want to be a rebel? Be be kind. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's how um, I I see this filial love was very important, and, and it cannot be underestimated how uh, important is the filial love that we have um, when we are growing up. Like we need to give this love to our children, even if they are not our biological children. We need to really express our love and, and affection and support. Uh, to our children if we would like to have world peace and not have world peace but we would like to embody world peace we Mm -hmm. need to facilitate the learning of the heart of our children
0: thank you thank you very much so I heard from a nine year old uh, child that you were Showing him how to disobey with love <laughs> so i 'd like to i 'd like to offer that to our listeners, Pancho. how do you disobey with love and how would you suggest that we disobey with love <laughs> um,
1: well, that was kind of um way of showing gratitude to this uh, 9 year old that I see as my teacher this this brother he was so in contact with nature he was born in in santa fe and his sparkling eyes and shining eyes uh, were just a a blessing and and uh, it it brought to to my like, I, I don't remember how it started the conversation, but it was something around a thing that he wasn't not um, consenting or he wasn't, wasn't agreed upon. And so I said, well, uh, first of all, we, you know, we need to be informed, right? like, what are the circumstances? Like, if there's something that we are not resonating with, we try trying to gather more information. And then if we still see that this doesn't make sense at all, then how do we do to not make things worse? How do we stop the exacerbations of the fractures of this disconnection? And in particular, if you think about the many problems that humanity is facing these days, how do we stop these fractures in our communities that are caused by by violence and structural violence of all sorts of kind. So the the trick is that our means are our ends. And I love to to use the example of food that if we would like to eradicate Diabetes and obesity, mm-hmm. you know, many people call it diabetes. You don't make a campaign to eradicate diabetes and, and obesity. You don't make the campaign to, to eradicate diabetes and fiercely anti diabetes and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. No. What you do is to start eating healthy food and having healthy entertainment and healthy ways of let your mind settle down. And once you have this healthy lifestyle and eating local, organic, and fresh, produce, and a very well-balanced diet, then the byproduct of that is that you don't have diabetes and you don't have obesity, but this is just a byproduct. So in the same way that one can focus on the positive all the time, we can do that too. And what that means is that if we are closer to embodying what it means to love without strings attached, to love unconditionally, that means that you're loving all living beings on the planet. It doesn't matter if, if it is a saint or if it is a criminal in you know, just to put labels, so that is a little easier for us to make the image. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is to forget about our self-centered life and serve others with joy and with happiness. And that, in and, in and of itself, if it is truly authentic and genuine, that it will naturally enter in conflict with with systems that are based on violence and pollution and competition. And then there's so much strength coming from that point of view because you are not coming from the uh, anti-thing, but rather you're coming with the most powerful force the humans have is love and courage. Gandhi put it in two words is ahimsa. And then when you disobey with great love, he called it satyagraha. Because you're clinging to the truth. You're following your soul force. So even though you might be locked up, even though you might be beaten, even you might be even killed, they cannot touch that spirit. And so that's why we keep talking about people like Martin Luther King Jr. and... Mother Teresa and Cesar Chavez and Emma Goldman mm-hmm. and Gandhi because these people were love magicians, love warriors, putting their lives on the line or not in the line, just giving their lives for the better off of humanity. So, in a, a particular case, that it it might sounds ridiculous, but that's that's the truth. It is is true story that when The University of California at Berkeley wanted to build a a new gym and in the process killed an urban forest. So it took them close to 30 minutes to chop down a tree that was there for 300 years. 30 minutes. And what we were saying is like, we can, if the University of California is showing lack of imagination, we have creative ways to protest. And what we did is just live in the branches of the trees for close to two years. And it was such a celebration. You know, we have a lot of challenges, but we have uh, people coming there and playing music and sharing food and... Uh, we have even grandmas coming and giving all this food. It was such a beautiful place that then the system needed to to stop that. So they put a fence, no one, no two, but three fences there. Mm-hmm. And then they start started using that. the oh, students are not involved in this movement. are just external agitators coming here. all oh, really? External agitators? So I was a grad student at that point. So I hold my office hours at the Oak Grove. And... And one um, time we got together close to 60 students saying, oh, there's no students at sea. So we come together 60 students, jump the fence, clean the site, get food and water. That was a crime. If you give food and water to a human being at that point, that was part of the of the satyagraha of dis- disobeying with great love. Uh, mm-hmm. You could be arrested. So we did that disobeying like openly, but not in a way to, to defy, but rather like because this is what needs to get done we decide. Some of us didn't. And so what I, uh, I choose to do at the very end was, well, I'm going to just sit and meditate in this tree that I've been accessing for many, many years here. And so the charges were trespassing, which is kind of uh, interesting, given that I was a student. So how am I trespassing university property if I'm <laughs> a student? And number two, and this is the most ludicrous thing, I was arrested with charges by disrupting the peace as I was arrested when I was meditating. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is, you know, this was like uh, six years ago or something. <laughs> so uh, the picture speaks speaks by itself, you know? The picture speaks by itself. Like once you are being uh, arrested with this is structural violence by the police while you were cleaning and giving uh, food... And providing all this celebration, and even just, you know, the most probably dramatic example is just meditating. You're meditating and you're being arrested while you're meditating. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) Uh, So I think that's the part of disobeying with with great love. And there's many ways, you know, Gandhi did it. He went and walked um, like hundreds of kilometers just to get to the shore uh, and pick some salt and say, because that was the law that. forbidding beating the people in a part of the planet to make their own salt. So they made this beautiful non civil disobedience one of the most successful direct actions in the history of humanity. And it was so beautiful because, and this is the key, that it cannot be only symbolic. It needs to be symbolic, but also very pragmatic. He was breaking this law, very real, and there was like hundreds and thousands of people that followed that because he's, he's fueled by this by this love, so that's kind of a, a long answer and a few examples of how can we disobey with great love at a larger scale. And then our small scales too. Gandhi also said that his greatest teacher of nonviolence was his wife. <laughs> so much from his wife and that. So when we have our children, they're just like questioning, like why are we doing this and why are we doing that with, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. Maybe it was okay for decades ago, but now... We need to adapt this eternal principles. So we need to be questioning every single moment that we do something. Does this make sense? And then just let the the flow uh, pass through through us. So that's the part of disobeying with great love. The advantages and and how we just want to get rid of this enemy. Rather we're doing this for their children of the people in administration and for their children of their children. The same for the uh, atomic bombs that we were, that's how we met sister, right? I know the mm-hmm. beautiful community yes. there in Los Alamos, yes. in Santa Fe, yes. is we are doing this not because we're anti-nuclear weapons, it's because we are for life and we love celebration and we want this incredible paradise on the cosmos to be enjoyed by future generations, So this madness needs to stop, and we're going to do anything with our hands to do it in a beautiful way. So I said, if you work for liberation, stop paying for war. Mm. Be well-informed and do it beautifully.
0: So I have um, kind of a double question here that um, is... um, comes out of what you're saying, uh, what do we do about our feelings and the actions of certain people who seem to be really addicted to power and violence? Some of us might call them perpetrators, whoever it might be. How, what do we do with our feelings about them?
1: challenging part in this struggle for me has been always my mind. So in when I caught myself talking about countries or talking about philosophies or talking about uh, labels or religions or just putting all these labels already creates a division in my mind. So we would like to have unity on the planet. We would like to see all this wholeness of life and how to respect this web of life and web of relationships. And if we really are selflessly serving others, we need to have these changes in attitude. And it's all about that. It's just changing our attitude to our brothers and sisters that might have a more narrow version of love, because even they, or even the the people that make these things, they're doing it out of love. It could be for their town, it could be for their family, it could be for the group of friends, or even it could be for themselves. That uh, circle is very, very narrow. So what we're doing here is we are amplifying, we are making a broader example of that to include them as well. And so what I said is like stop negotiating and start embodying principles, the principles that, that you believe in, or that we all believe in. So if we are for compassion and, and empathy and we would like to address conflict in a respectful way, well, that's what we need to be doing every single step of our journey. And um, it's it's very interesting that in this stage of my life that I'm have I've never been affiliated with any sort of uh, religious or religious or, or dogma or anything, but I've been finding myself using a lot of examples from uh, from the Buddha and Jesus, and and now I'm going to use one from Mohammed. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, he, one of his disciples, um, he said like um, he um. Uh, you you told us that that we, I have a question you told us that we need to be serving everybody, and the prophet is yes, that's right and but how are we going to be supporting or helping or serving to our oppressors is that is that what you say you say we should be serving our oppressors as well that's true mm-hmm. well, well, how so yeah. Say by by preventing them from their oppression. Wow, and and that's a powerful thing, you know, because it empowers us to not being just being there or the disbelief on on nonviolence. Than uh, people can be doing nothing and just accepting everything. It's totally misconception of that. It's pretty active. Nonviolence is is words we use, the food we eat, the thoughts we have, the clothes we wear. It's a philosophy of life. It's not a double negative, like, oh, I'm, it's just the absence of violence. Way more than that. It's a superlative positive. It's a call for disobey with great love. It's a call to break laws that attack human dignity. It's a call to find these little subtle hints that we are all connected. So when we can see these people that are part of us, there's no way that we would like to harm them. Even if it is just with our thoughts, that's why I'm saying that, you know, I can be doing things. I could be disobeying with great love, with my actions and with my words, but still, if I have something there in my mind that is not making this room to, and in my heart to say, okay, we live in a very huge planet and I don't like you, but I love you. And my I have room in my heart for you to to understand that we're living in this planet and that we can coexist. Because so maybe you don't, you don't want to work with people like that, but then you, you be very clear about what you're all about and in your way to interact with them and including them. Um, and then eradicating the them and saying, like, it's us. We're, we're family, and we love you, brother, and I love you, sister, and I'm going to fight with all my might all these rules. Not you, but all these rules like the SE ten seventy right now in Arizona that is about racial profiling. Mm-hmm. Where I'm talking right now, I have no documents. I think that passports and visas are just a silly things that are just dividing humanity. So how do we talk and connect with people that support this? Well, by living as citizens of the world, no matter where we are. It's impossible to deport a citizen of the world. And so what we need to be doing to live in like such and... Say well, we already won. So now, what are we? What are we? Doing? Well, we're going to be doing this work no matter where we are on the planet. We're going to be doing permaculture and restorative justice and preventive medicine and gift economy and being in receptive silence and restorative justice and, and like, like free currencies, and independent media, no matter where we are. So that's the way that we we don't fight against you know the the minute man. We just we are just love and we just giving. Okay, what do you have to say about this, brother? What do you have to say about this, sister? And then listen to them, and then if you have the chance to share your point, of view, great. But it's not maybe just listening. That listening that's an act of love because this is what this movement is all about. It's about it's about love. It's about uh, humongous patience. It takes. A thousand years to grow a strong sequoia. So, we better learn a little bit from Mother Nature that we need to take more vitamin P that
0: mm-hmm. is
1: for patients. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's what I would say. And then again, to remember that we are preventing them from their oppression. So, when we do that or preventing them from destruction, that is, that is a great way to, to serve them.
0: Give me an example of an experience of yours that has made your passion and your voice grow stronger.
1: Hmm. Um, I think that you became very clear. Um, that was like a turning point also in my life after um, we did a fast, for uh, nine days as the students of the University of California. We have close to 60 people, like a couple of faculty, and we wanted to talk with the University of California regions that it's dramatic, it's but they are not appointed. I mean, they're not elected. They are appointed um, to the, the, the body that governs the University of California. So we want to say, like, what would you do If you were a group of students that are concerned about the proliferation of nuclear weapons, given that our university, the University of California and its labs, Los Alamos and Livermore labs at that point, are manufacturing so-called safer nuclear weapons. like I haven't heard um, <laughs> phrases of safer nuclear weapons. So what would you do if you were a group of students? So we found there, we went to the meeting, we said we would like you to put this on the agenda, they they didn't put it. They said we understand that's very uh, important, but we cannot talk about that. So we were more than up for disobeying with great love. So that's what we did. And at some point, when we were sitting there, the police came and, and was pretty pretty brutal physically speaking. And you know, there's people that haven't even in, in that days in, uh twisted our arms and put in facing down the floor and you know like the knee on the, on the back and then the neck and twisting it was excruciating pain so at that point I have when I was feeling that pain I had that realization wow this is what it means it, it is forgive them for they don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. at, that, at that moment when I was feeling that then I have a, a conversion I think well wow. later when I was uh, trying to connect with this police officers say, hey brother, like, you you could have asked him to work, you, you could carry me. you need to do that, why want you to do that? But it, it didn't connect until I say, you know what, I forgive you, because we're doing this for your children, and for the children of your children, not even for you, for me, even for your children, and the children of your children, and that's when he looked back at me, and made eye contact for the first time. And I feel already so much relief, so much like if this contact was made right there in that spot after all these years, that was worth it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, then, and, then, and then I say, and I bet that you love Mexican food, don't you? And he's like, yes. Well, I invite you to the best place of Mexican food here in the Mission in San Francisco. I'm going to break my fast with you. Mm-hmm. And the guy just smiled and said, wow, that's pretty good. Like, sure, I'm down for that and then the whole energy changes. So for me, that was kind of the, the beginning of seeing how powerful it is when you come from the heart. And then you settle, again, your thoughts. And there's no other. There's no enemy. And, and that of pain. You can have the physical pain and make it into a mental pain. So I said, you know... Uh, and connect with this brother and then just magic flow and it was just for, for my well being
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it and i felt so light and and this was uh, a crucial point to start trying to be more consistent in in the way that i still my mind let all those thoughts go to the bottom so that i can speak from their heart So that's what one of the most powerful things that I can see we all can be doing to steal our thoughts and minds. So that's why I say that we, in order to put the inner revolution together with the outer revolution, to have the total revolution of the human spirit, well, that inner revolution is that every single human being on the planet, there's no pretext. We all can spend one or two hours in receptive silence. And... Anyone can do it. It doesn't matter if you call it prayer or contemplation or meditation or whatever, but in silence we can can all do that. Um, And that definitely has a a voice that comes beyond the world of words.
0: Thank you so much, Pancho. I appreciate your words and your generosity of heart and uh, we've come to the moment where I would like you to pause for an instance and tell us what you would like to say in closing well
1: um, I think and feel that if we put aside our words Self-centers lives and and serve others. That that's going to open huge uh, windows and opportunities in this time and age. This is the age of the gift, the age of the heart, the core age, the core. Age. And. Aside said, uh, it is time for the uh, spiritual people to become active, and for the active people, the activist people to become spiritual. <laughs> and if, if there's the emergence of a new paradigm, it is not about putting people in power, but powering people. So how do we how do we do that? Well. And that is the same part, and what we call it, giftivism, to make radical act of generosity that change the world, starting with oneself. So, if you want to be a rebel, be kind. Because humankind, be both. It's human and kind, right? So, human and kind, be both. And that's uh, how can we summarize this, this great. Uh, movement and, and what a blessing you know, to be alive at this point in the history of humanity where we can bring this together, such opportunities. So thank you very much, Sister, for all the the love that you put into this and for giving us a space to to let express our hearts and deep deepest meaning of life.
0: Alright, hope we'll be together soon again.
1: Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much. We'll continue connecting. Mm Alright. All right.